Big hug to all of y'all out there. Welcome to the BCP podcast. This is the Open Source News Edition. There are three ways that President Trump can face indictments in the next several months or years, but Chris Christie and Hugh Hewitt believe that it'll probably be before the summer, definitely before President Trump really starts to kick into high gear his campaign for the 2024 presidential campaign. Now, of course, we know that he has officially put his name in the hat. He is officially campaigning. And that is why they're going to really, really have to amp up and really go after President Trump with these indictments as far as the left is concerned to have him under a cloud of suspicion. Let me, uh, let, let's analyze what Chris Christie had to say about this on the Hugh Hewitt show. From the perspective of being a prosecutor for so many years, knowing the president following not on the inside as a legal team, but from the outside and knowing all the players. From the, from the perspective of being a prosecutor for so many years, knowing the president following not on the inside as a legal team, but from the outside and knowing all the players, uh, do you expect he will be indicted before the debates begin in July and August? For by either the Georgia Fulton County prosecutor, by Jack Smith, by the New York District Attorney, do you expect an indictment of the former president? Okay, so those are the three, right? You've got the Southern, you got New York, you got Letitia James going after him supposedly for the payoff uh, uh, hush money to Stormy Daniels. You have the special counsel, Jack Smith, over at the Department of Justice. And then you have them going after President Trump in Georgia for his conversation with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Raffensperger. Okay, so that's that's what he's got. Those are the three. That's a three-prong attack. Any one of those can potentially bring indictments against President Trump. Of course, they're bogus indictments, but that has never stopped the left from doing harm or try to do harm uh, to President Trump. Remember, we have two sham impeachments under our belts against President Trump for things that aren't even impeachable offenses. I think the most likely place it will happen is New York. Um, and I think it's the, it's 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 the, the the least harmful matter to him. Um, if in fact all they're looking at is the Stormy Daniels payments, um, I think that, that Letitia James has made it clear that she's a political prosecutor and that what she wants to do and that she promised during the campaign that she was going to go get Donald Trump, and I think she probably will. So Chris Christie says he thinks the first one of the indictments will come from Letitia James. She's had President Trump in her sights from the very beginning. Uh, she's a political player. And you heard Chris Christie uh, there also say he thinks that the Stormy Daniels one will be the first one, but will be the least, the least damaging. I mean, President Trump won the 2016 presidential election, even with the, uh, you know, the Bill Blast, whatever his name is, tape or recording, a locker room recording. Uh, from Access Hollywood. Now President Trump has a lot more political clout and most voters aren't going to vote or not vote for President Trump. I shouldn't say most voters, but I'm pretty sure most voters wouldn't. I'm sure there will be some, but a lot of voters are not going to be hinging on whether President Trump did or didn't, they believe or they don't believe that President Trump paid off 
uh, Stormy Daniels to be quiet. Um, but I don't think that would do much harm to him. Um, so I think in terms of the likelihood of, of indictment, I put New York first, the special counsel second, Georgia third. And it kind of goes in the order, right, of how these things. Letitia James has been going after President Trump for a long time. The special counsel is under the DOJ. It's a, it's a Biden administration thing. They definitely want to go after President Trump. He's the political opponent. Isn't it so funny that President Trump was impeached for talking to Zelensky about the Bidens and they impeached him going after uh, uh, his opponent? But literally, you have Joe Biden, the current occupier of the Oval Office, having a special counsel of, of his DOJ look into his political opponent. Nothing to see here, folks. And then Chris Christie says he thinks the third one will be Georgia, and that's a fairly newer case. So almost as if Chris or Christie is expecting them to drop in the chronological order in which uh, they've been started or, or since when they really got going. Uh, but in terms of the seriousness of the peril for the president, I put the special counsel above either of those. Yeah, I... Um... Yeah, special counsel would be the most weighty because that would be coming from the Department of Justice uh, and would get a lot of press and what have you. And uh, there you have it. So that that's uh, Chris Christie's take uh, on the situation. What are your thoughts? Uh, feel free to share it down below. Let's get into one of our favorite characters, Liz Cheney, looking so sad here because, oh, how she has fallen Former lawmaker Liz Cheney has settled for a professorship at the University of Virginia after dramatically losing Wyoming's congressional seat in a primary by about 40 points. So she's going to be the professor of practice at the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia. This is what Politico Playbook was reporting yesterday. The center's director, Larry Sabato, claimed Cheney serves as a model of political courage and leadership, and that she has had a compelling message to students about integrity. Yes, you must have the integrity to, to defend the warmonger position, your family's fortune in warmongering, and doing everything you can to get out the outsider that has taken over your old boy network club Republican Party. What integrity, what integrity, uh, Liz Cheney, it supposedly demonstrates. She's a true profile in courage and she was willing to pay the price for her principles and democracy itself. <laughs> Man, democracy is a meaningless word when it comes out of the left and it's misused when it comes to American politics. Anyway, we are a constitutional representative republic. We are not a mob rule democracy, though our form of representative government and our republic form of government is a form of democracy. So that not much more to uh, report on that, except that, boy, when they fall, they fall fast and hard. Okay. This joker. They're asking Petey Boy to leave. House Republicans, led by Representative Mike Waltz yesterday, called for Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to resign after his bungled response to the latest transportation crisis in East Palestine, Ohio. About time that we're getting this uh, movement going. It should, it should be obvious, right? 
they try to give him a cushion job, a cushy job to set him up for another presidential run, and he bungled it. All he had to do was show up, literally. Okay, let's just let's just. I just want to spend a second here. I don't want to spend too much time on as President Trump calls him boot edge edge, butt edge edge. But it's very simple. All he had to do was make himself present when they had the supply chain issue. He could have just come out and said all these things. All he had to do was be present and be active and be in the moment, especially the first year of the Biden administration. He could have just been saying, look, I've been put in this position to fix the problems of the previous administration. We're working and doing this. He could have said anything if he just would have been on television on the news, on the press, and talking about the situations, pretending to empathize with uh, Americans when it came to the, you know, the the backlog of ships in the uh, outside of Los Angeles and the Long Beach port, uh, uh, Long Beach ports, with these train derailments, with the problems with the airlines and and the cancel flights and the backup. I mean, he could said he could have said, look. We are doing all we can as a Biden administration. We have some challenges that we've inherited from Trump. And actually, he could have even been, he could have even been uh, not looking partisan, saying, you know, the Trump administration, these are some of the things that have been happening for a while. Trump didn't fix it. We're fixing it now. So he could even not, not even said, hey, make it look like I'm just going after Trump saying, hey, Trump people could have fixed it. They didn't. We're working on it. We have all these issues. We're aware of it. We feel your pain or whatever. But no, he took long-term paternal leaves, wants private time as he's walking uh, in D.C. with his husband, and then he goes to East Palestine three weeks later. He really could have skated through all of this controversy by just going and acknowledging it, but he couldn't even do that. So this is what Waltz is doing. He's saying, quote, over the last two years, Secretary Buttigieg has gone AWOL during multiple national crises. From failing to immediately respond to last month's major economic, environmental, humanitarian disaster in East Palestine, to neglecting his duties during historic supply chain crisis, commercial flight crisis, rail worker strike, and so much more. Buttigieg has endangered and failed the American people time and time again. That's why I'm calling for his resignation. So... Uh, he's called on him to resign in a resolution, which has been co-sponsored by uh, Claudia Tenney out of New York. These are GOP representatives. Uh, Ryan Zinka, Clay Higgins, Greg Stube, Mary Miller, Bill Posey, Lauren Boebert, and Mike Collins. And those uh, GOP representatives are up from New York, Montana, Louisiana, Florida, Illinois, Florida again, and Colorado and Georgia respectively. So let your representative know that you support them uh, in these efforts if in fact you do. Now, Pete Buttigieg is not the only Democrat looking f- at calls for resignation. We have this coming officially uh, from Republicans in Pennsylvania calling on Democrat Senator John Fetterman to appear on camera to approve that uh, to prove that he is alive or well or resign seems fair enough to me for immediate release from the Washington County Republican Party over in Pennsylvania 
because of the now confirmed lies that were told during the 2022 general election regarding the health of Senator John Fetterman, as well as the threats made against a journalist who interviewed him. Remember the journalist that interviewed him and told, told the truth about uh, him? She was threatened. She, she was everything just for exposing the fact that he needed computers, assistance, that uh, he wasn't always understanding the questions. Remember that uh, debacle? Yeah, go after the messenger, not the message. That is an old tactic of liars, serpents, and Marxists uh, since time infinitum. Because of the now confirmed lies that were told during the 2022 general election regarding the health of Senator John Fetterman, as well as the threats made against a journalist who interviewed him, the Washington County Republican Party refuses to take assurances from the Office of the Senator of Democrat Operatives that Fetterman is able to carry out his duties as senator. As such, we call upon Senator Fetterman to appear on camera to show us he is alive and well. And if he is unable to do so, we call upon our, our elected representatives in Washington, Senator Casey and Congressman uh, Rushenthaler, to intervene immediately. Ultimately, if, if Fetterman is unable or unwilling to carry his duties as a United States senator, we ask for his resignation and call for a special election to be held this year. No more lies or games. Sean Logue, Esquire, Chairman of the Washington County Republican Party. Now, it's funny, folks, because I'll be honest, until I uh, saw this uh, Facebook uh, post, and I didn't see it till yesterday, I just thought that he probably had another stroke, or he has some serious debilitating thing that they're saying is mental health, or may, and, and perhaps it might even be mental health. And they just don't want to see how bad he is. But to call for a essentially a proof of life, is it possible that Fetterman is not alive or maybe in a vegetative state? I don't know. All I know is we can't trust these people. What are your thoughts, folks? Do you think Fetterman really is in a psych ward? Do you think that he had another stroke? Do you think he's de um, severely debilitated? That's why we haven't seen any video or pictures of him. I mean, when he had a stroke last time, him and his wife, Giselle, made videos uh, for social media saying, here's my husband, he had a stroke. Or do you think, perhaps, that they're asking for uh, to, for him to appear on camera to show that he is alive and well, but alive first? Do you think he actually might not be alive, that he might be dead, and they're trying to hide this? And once again, as uh, Sean Logue here, the chairman of this uh, county Republican Party said uh, they've lied to us, so why should we believe them now? No more lies, no more games. Interesting. And also, as I've also talked about before and he mentioned here, they're trying to avoid a special election because they think the Republicans will win. It's not interesting. John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz but if they have a special election, he wouldn't beat an unknown new Republican challenger. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Oz would put his name back in the hat. Very, very interesting. Now, check this out. The Fetterman story gets a little... Here's a little interesting thing about this, folks. This is Adam Gettleson. Or Gentleson. He's a chief of staff for Senator John Fetterman. And often gives updates and what's going on here on social media. Now, there's a uh, Stephen Miller, Red Steez. 
He is a... Uh, See, do I have his? Uh, yeah, Stephen Miller here. I love this. I never have never seen this Ramones picture with uh, with them saying no to communism. I'm there. Uh, I'm a fan of the Ramones. I've never seen this picture before. Anyway, he uh, he has he's a podcaster. He's got this Substack, and he contributes to the Spectator as well as to uh, Fox News and the New York Post. So he tweeted out this uh, this question, which seemed pretty reasonable. Um, Adam, who is co-signing and introducing Senate legislation from Senator Fetterman's office while he himself is currently hospitalized and under medical observation? Hmm. Adam blocked him. Adam blocked him. Now, what we're being told is that while he is in recovery and this long absence yesterday announced that Fetterman was co-sponsor of a bipartisan bill targeting railway safety obviously and what's going on with East Palestine he's a co-sponsor of a bipartisan bill and Stephen Miller just simply asked him who is co-signing and introducing the Senate legislation from Fetterman's office while he himself is, is hospitalized. Seems like a reasonable question, but he got blocked. Stephen L. Miller doing a screenshot going, a U.S. Senator's office blocking someone because that's what they're all about. They're about silence. About silence. So uh, supposedly this bill here has to do with railway safety because of what happened uh, in East Palestine and the incident that happened there. So why don't we get into some important updates with news about that. There are scientists that are saying that the EPA is not testing for the dioxins because they don't want it to be known that there are carcinogens in the air. Stephen Lester is a science director at the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice. And he said that the, uh, that the agency should be testing for dioxins at this time. Dioxins are highly toxic pollutants that can cause cancer, reproductive, and developmental problems, as well as damage to the immune system. I think they're reluctant to test because they know they will find it and they will be put in a place where they have to address it. That's what he said about the dioxins that can lead to several different types of cancer. It's a it's a hush hush job. That's why Joe Biden won't go. That's why Buttigieg set, spent several weeks before going. They were hoping they can kind of uh, bury the story. This is what Stephen Lester said: the level of dioxins that get into a body, a person, an animal, a cow that can lead to health problems is extraordinarily low. It does not take very much. I'd be very concerned if I had a farm, especially if I was aware, as some people described in that meeting, that the black cloud from that burning had settled onto their property. A cover-up. A cover-up. Joe Biden wasn't so brave by showing up uh, over in Ukraine, in Kiev, under false sirens when he was there. He was trying to deflect away from this disaster. 
Now, tell me if you agree with this, folks. We've got J.D. Vance, the new junior senator from Ohio, proposing a PPP-style program to help East Palestine after the train derailment. Senator J.D. Vance says a version of the Paycheck Protection Program could help the workers and businesses in East Palestine, Ohio, who are affected by derailed train carrying chemicals. The newly minted Ohio Republican senator recently said in a Washington Post opinion piece that the federal government and Norfolk Southern Railway could help not just tomorrow but months from now if there's an investment in the community. I wouldn't invest in, 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 a, in a business there or keep my business there. I personally would be trying to, if I were, if I were there, I'd be trying to find a way out. A way out of living in that area completely and getting my family out. Now, it's very interesting. Uh, there was Representative Collins of Georgia was on Fox Business's uh, Varney and Company. And they were talking about Norfolk uh, Southern. And Norfolk Southern, by the way, is obviously the train company responsible for this. And Representative Mike Collins has a family business in trucking. So he knows about transportation. This was an interesting insight he had into Northern Suffolk. There, you've got a, a CEO that in his ESG report, late 2022, uh, made the point of putting in that report that they were going to increase their DEI and that woke culture. And that is just a, a way to appease this administration to garner favor. Instead of putting in there that we're going to we're going to hire people that grease wheel bearings. No, we're going to grease that fourth rail of this government up here, these bureaucracies. And that's what's got to stop. Very interesting. Very interesting. DEI is the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Initiatives. Northern Suffolk put in their latest report at the end of last year that they were putting a focus and investing in diversity, inclusion, uh, and equity. Diversion, equity, and inclusion. Mike Collins, uh, the great representative from the great, store, uh, great state of Georgia. Big hug to all my Georgians and my Ohioans. And all of you, wherever you are. Instead of concentrating on their core business and safety, they were trying to suck up to the current administration, talking about all their investment in this field. But what's so funny is that uh, wasn't too long ago, uh, a few days ago, that uh, there was an interesting article, an interesting article uh, and report uh, by Fox Business, in which they talked about this, where they talked about that one of the biggest places that we are seeing people uh, fired from and getting laid off uh, from in America is, in fact, tech layoffs in diversity and inclusion jobs. Can't make this up, stuff, folks. You can't make this stuff up. Now, and this is interesting. Which roles are most corporations laying off? Which job is being targeted the most? Diversity, equity, inclusion. Big companies like Target, mm. Amazon, Intel, they're cutting these diversity jobs. The attrition rate. Big corporations, big corporations making the big money, doing well. I mean, Amazon's doing fairly well with uh, people still, you know, since the pandemic, people uh, upping their shopping. Uh, target a big retailer 
there. Look at this, 33% in the past year. That compares to 21% overall. It's a big expense for them at a time when, heck, you know, they're looking to cut costs and cutting jobs in general. Yet, Northern Suffolk was all worried about inclusion and not doing right by their people. Okay, we uh, let's get into what's going on. Hunter, not looking good for Hunter Biden. Who knows? I will let you be the judge on this, folks. Let's get into the Hunter Biden news. Uh, and Merrick Garland being grilled yesterday on Capitol Hill. What is this all about, folks? What is this all about? Well, this is about uh, United States Attorney David C. Weiss, who is investigating Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Well, he's investigating Hunter Biden, but that, of course, is going to open up can of worms into Joe Biden. Hunter Biden has been under investigation by David Weiss, the Trump-appointed U.S. Attorney for Delaware, for potential tax and gun violations for years. Yet no charges have been levied. Garland has refused to appoint a special prosecutor in the investigation to avoid a conflict of interest between the Biden family and himself. Well, we have Chuck Grassley grilling squirmy little Merrick Garland about this yesterday on Capitol Hill. Let me show you the key part of that. And you can be the judge whether a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney is in fact going to be able to do his job in going after Hunter Biden without interference from the rat bastards over at Eric, uh, Merrick, excuse me, Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. Thank you, Senator Whitehouse. Senator Grassley. Uh, recent lawfully protected whistleblower disclosures to my office indicate that the Justice Department and the FBI had at one time over a dozen sources that provided potentially criminal information relating to Hunter Biden. The alleged volume and similarity of the information would demand that the Justice Department investigate the truth and accuracy of the information. According to, uh, what's, accordingly, what steps has the Justice Department taken to determine the truth and accuracy of information provided? Uh, Congress and the American people, I think, have a right to know. Um, so, uh, as the committee well knows from my confirmation hearing, I promise uh, to leave—I promised to leave the matter of Hunter Biden in the hands of the U.S. Attorney uh, for the District of Delaware, who was appointed uh, in the previous administration. So, any information like that should have gone, uh, or should, or should have uh, gone to that U.S. Attorney's offices and the FBI squad that's working uh, with him. I have pledged not to interfere. Uh, with that investigation, and I uh, have carried through on my pledge. Now, Chuck Grassley is about to ask a very important question. Okay, it's good and all that the U.S. Attorney, Mr. Weiss, is looking into this, and we'll talk about here in a few moments how nothing's come of it so far. But Chuck Grassley is like, okay, but he's a U.S. Attorney. Why not a special counsel that would be able to do more than U.S. Attorney Weiss would be able to do? And this is where... This may not fare so well for Hunter Biden if Merrick Garland is being truthful. In April 2022, you testified to Senator Haggerty uh, that the Hunter Biden investigation was insulated from political interference because it was assigned 
to, as you just now told me, to the Delaware Attorney's Office. However, that could be misleading because without special counsel authority, he could need permission uh, of another U.S. attorney in certain circumstances to bring charges outside the District of uh, Delaware. I'd like clarification from you with respect to these concerns. Uh, the, the, the U.S. attorney in Delaware has been uh, advised that he has full authority uh, to, to make those kind of uh, referrals that you're talking about or to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. And I will assure that if he does, uh, he will be able to do that. All right, folks, let's break this down. Let's let's break this down. So in responding to this question, he says that Weiss has been advised that he has full authority to make those kinds of referrals against Hunter Biden and to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. And then Garland saying that if he, he, I will assure that if he does, he will be able to do that. I would then have to authorize it and permit it to be brought in another jurisdiction. And that is what I promised I would do. So Merrick Garland saying if Trump appointed U.S. Attorney Weiss goes the distance then he's going to have to write off, you know, sign off on it, and he'll do that. But here's the question. How come nothing's been done yet? Let's also talk about what James Comer's doing. Republicans have questioned why Hunter has not been charged in Weiss' investigation of Hunter's alleged tax and gun violations. It's been years now, and nothing's happened. So is it perhaps that Mayor Garland is saying, well, if he brings something, I'll have to sign off on it. I promise that I would do that because he knows that Weiss is not going to do anything anyway. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer stated Tuesday that U.S. Attorney has had enough evidence to indict Hunter Biden for serious violations found on his abandoned laptop from hell. Quote, there's enough to indict Hunter Biden now. There was enough to indict Hunter Biden three or four years ago with what's on that laptop. This is what he told Lou Dobbs on Lou Dobbs's podcast. So for whatever reason, their U.S. attorney, this U.S. attorney hasn't produced very many results. So even when they're Trump appointed, it doesn't mean they're on our side and doing the right thing. That has been evidence over and over again over the last several years. All right. And we got Jim Jordan also asking the important questions. Here's an article uh, from Town Hall stating what's going on here. While U.S. Attorney General, while U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed special counsels to probe the handling of classified documents by President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. He has not appointed one to handle investigations of Hunter Biden. And that has House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan curious. So to get some answers with his power as chairman of the powerful Judiciary Committee, Jordan sent a letter to Merrick Garland the other day to get his hands on some documents to better understand the situation and conduct oversight of Biden's Department of Justice. I say that in a sarcastic voice, not because of Jim Jordan, 
who is an absolute stud muffin when it comes to fighting for his constituents in the great state of Ohio and for America uh, at large. But we all know, and he said, I want to get a better understanding of the situation. He knows what's really going on. He knows. Department's investigation of Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, raises the appearance of a conflict of interest that would necessitate special counsel protections and authorities. This is what Jordan wrote in his letter to Garland. However, to date, you have declined to appoint a special counsel in this matter, despite appointing special counsels in other investigations. As noted, there's a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden's sticky fingers when it comes to classified documents. Um, So why not a special counsel to investigate his son? Your refusal to appoint a special counsel here is conspicuous in this context, Jordan added. Uh, I would think so. I would think so. But that's how they roll. Now, why do we have this picture of Jim Jordan smiling? Well, it's being reported yesterday that he is scaling up the judiciary and his investigation into the weaponization of the federal government investigations. He is asking for funding akin to uh, and 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 responsible funding. He he's asking for almost like we saw with the January sixth subcommittee. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Representative Jim Jordan asked the House Administration Committee to provide the com- committee millions in funding for its investigation. So he asked for $2 million more annually and a $15 million reserve fund that could be used anytime. This is what he said at the uh, hearing yesterday. We've seen the First Amendment under attack from big tech and big government. Just read the Twitter files. We've seen how the Justice Department, the FBI have used their law enforcement authorities. We've seen how the open border policies of this administration have led to crime, drained local resources, and helped drugs flow into our country. These are important, serious issues. These are things the Judiciary Committee must examine. We expect to have an aggressive legislative and oversight agenda this Congress. In addition, the House has created a new select committee within the Judiciary Committee on the weaponization of government. He is only asking for access to the $15 million reserve fund so they could be good stewards of taxpayer dollars. And this request will either be approved or denied during the House Administration Committee's markup next week. So, wow. Bravo to Jim Jordan. And now let's just end with uh, what's going on on the other side and then some crazy, crazy news having to do with a thwarted, possibly thwarted, terrorist attack here in the United States. Chucky Schumer tweeted out yesterday, Rupert Murdoch could have stepped in but chose not to. Representative, Representative Jeffries and I are demanding that he do what he should have done a long time ago. Order Tucker Carlson and other hosts of Fox News to stop spreading the big lie. That's right. We have a sitting member of the Senate and the leader of the Democrats, the majority leader in the Senate, along with the minority leader of the Democrats, calling for the silence and the lack and the taking away of a First Amendment right of a news personality, remember freedom of the press, freedom of speech, openly in a letter to Rupert Murdoch wanting him to muzzle Tucker Carlson. I wonder if it has anything to do with the footage 
that Tucker Carlson and his team have access to. Hmm. That might be a coincidence or it might be the reason. I think the obvious answer is it's part of the reasons why. Okay, this guy, crazy, crazy news. Um, I fly Allegiant Air often um, and Delta often back and forth from my home in Utah, where I'm currently a resident, back to California to check in on my parents, but mostly on my aged in-laws who are in California. So when I heard that this was thwarted on an Allegiant flight, it definitely got my attention. But it also gets my attention because this is dangerous activity. A Pennsylvania man was arrested on Monday night after TSA agents found an explosive device in his checked luggage. Mark Muffley, 40, was supposed to take an Allegiant flight from Pennsylvania to Florida. TSA found a device with a circular compound that had two fuses and powder hidden in the lining of his checked bag. The west side of the Pennsylvania airport's main terminal was shut down after agents discovered the suspicious package. Muffy was paged over the airport's public intercom to report to the security desk, but instead, you know, here's here's, uh, pictures of him checking in his luggage, but instead he fled the scene. Not very smart, though, because they arrested him at his home. Muffy was charged, Muffley, excuse me, was charged with possession of an explosive in an airport and possessing or attempting to place or attempting to have place an explosive or incendiary device on an aircraft. Wow. The bag also had a can of butane, a lighter, a pipe with white powder residue, a wireless drill, etc. The device was detected during a routine screening when the suitcase triggered an alarm when it entered the baggage screening unit. The TSA officer located an item inside the suitcase that appeared to be suspicious and was believed to possibly be a live explosive device. He uh, he has he's he's been arrested for and his home. If you did this, he escaped and went home. So he didn't get on the flight. I mean, it's kind of suspicious activity, but not very smart activity because they caught him. I'm glad they caught him. Don't get me wrong, but he's getting he gets paged over. He leaves the airport. And then goes to his house where he's awaits to be arrested. This is obviously an ongoing story that we're just now getting details on. I'll report uh, what happens of, on this uh, to you. Want to appreciate you being here, folks. Appreciate you uh, being here with us on Open Source News. Please like, share, and subscribe. Check out our other show here on YouTube called The BCP report links are down below as well as my other show BCP unfiltered we started season three with episode one yesterday uh, go check it out at therealbcp.com bcpextras.com or on spotify at bcppodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcast until the next one ciao goodbye god bless